Welcome to the Classroom in Your Living Room podcast. I am acting as your host. My name is Trisha Murphy, and I serve as the Development Director within the College of Education at MTSU. Now, this is a a fun opportunity for us to connect with so many of our alumni and friends. And when you think about MTSU's beginning as Middle Tennessee State Normal School back in 1911, its central mission really was to prepare teachers. Now, I don't think anyone really would have thought that we would be preparing our our teachers um, in the way that we're doing now amongst the coronavirus just pandemic that is affecting us globally. But We want to stay true to that mission of preparing our educators, and we know that so many of us are finding ourselves at home with children, juggling responsibilities, and yet still wanting to ensure that our students and our our children are moving forward. So I'm excited to be with you today in this initial podcast episode with two of my favorite folks here in the College of Education, Dr. Robin Ridgely, who serves as our department chair within the Department of Elementary and Special Education, along with Ms. Connie Kasha, who serves as our Early Learning Programs Director. So let's jump right in. The first thing that we want to communicate is that we hope that you all are well and healthy in your household and place of work and that you're just doing the best that you can during these times. I know that this is a lot of different hats to wear and roles to play, and we want to be responsive and provide our expertise here in the College of Education as you're finding yourself at home with children like I am. So again, today we're talking about what can parents do and and how can we um, how can we move forward thoughtfully? And so today we have Dr. Robin Ridgely and Connie Kasha with us. Hello. 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 First, Dr. Robin Ridgely, can you tell us a little bit about your role within the College of Education at MTSU? Sure. I'm the chair of the Department of Elementary and Special Education, which means that I coordinate and support all of our faculty who are teaching in our early childhood, elementary, middle school, special education programs. Um, We have faculty that are working with our pre-service teachers and graduate students who are teachers um, throughout the academic year. And we we work really hard to ensure that our teacher candidates are ready to teach and that we're doing all we can to support them now during this very unusual time, but always as their teacher preparation program. Fantastic. And Connie, will you tell us a little bit about your role? Sure. I'm the director of early learning programs um, in the College of Education, and I support the work of three fabulous early childhood programs. One is a child care lab that supports the work of students in Dr. Ridgely's program. One is a inclusive early childhood program. And the third is a home visitation program working with children with identified disabilities from birth to three. I also work out in the community with a variety of organizations, helping them support and recognize um, early learning education. And as we talk about early childhood education, um, officially it talks about the ages of birth to eight, but when I talk today, I'm gonna be talking to you about support for children from um, birth to uh, entering kindergarten. And just as an aside, I'm an alum of MTSU back in 1990s, (laughs) I'll leave it at that, and um, a student of Ann Campbell's, which is one of the programs that I support. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you both for being on today. And again, I serve as the Director of Development here in the College of Education, engaging with our alumni and friends. So we're excited to be with you today. Now, Dr. Ridgely and Connie, so many of us are finding ourselves with kids for more than a month in our home, and not many of us are trained educators with littles or school-aged children in our home. So as our in-house experts on this subject, I'm really excited for our audience to hear your top tips for how to, how to go about this next month or so with our children in the house. So Connie, let's begin with the littles that you already defined and how we can provide these early learning opportunities at home. Sure. So no matter what roles you played prior to this shelter at home time, each of us had a role as a um, employee and uh, our children went to school, went to childcare. We went out in the evenings and had a babysitter. And now you find yourself at home with your children um, and trying to figure out um, what to do. So the first thing I want people to really think about is how you can take care of yourself and support your children. Um, as much as we want um, to do all of those roles, we have to focus on the thing that's important, and that's our relationship with our children and enjoying time with them. So children thrive on a schedule, working on a schedule, so invite them to help you make that daily schedule. Um, I recently worked with um, my granddaughter and she wrote down some things that she wanted to do or shared with me and, and we worked together on that. And I wrote down some things that I wanted to see us and do, see us do as well. Um, and I think the really important thing is to schedule time that they can work by themselves as well as giving you time to do the things that you need to do. Um, important to that schedule would be um, making sure they get plenty of sleep, have opportunities for physical exercise, and that they're eating good foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so helpful. So, so helpful. Um, I love that idea of having a schedule. What would you say is another tip that you think is just imperative to this time? So I think um, screen time, which we always hear about, whether you're home with the kids or not. Um, there are a lot of good apps and TV shows for children, primarily over the age of three, but we want to be careful not to allow them too much time on these devices. Uh, children learn best through interactions with people who can respond back to them. And when they're spending a majority of time in front of the screen, there is not that back and forth communication that's so important. So be sure that you're limiting um, screen time, but definitely using it as uh, some downtime for your children as well as for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm sure that cable bills across America are heightening and, and internet you know, costs as well as we all stream. So that's very good advice. It can be so easy to put the kid in front of the TV and let that be the babysitter. So I love the idea there. Too easy to do that. Absolutely. It is. What else do you think is important for our parents of littles? So when we think about um, activities to do with them, as I said, children learn through their senses um, in these early ages. And so thinking about ways that you can bring in um, what they see. So taking time to stop and just talk about what do you see in your environment and what, what then raises interest for them and, and looking at um, ways to incorporate that in their learning. Things that they hear, and these are really good kind of mindful activities as well. So just stopping and listening 
and then talking about the different sounds that they hear that they might not normally tune into um, in other situations. Things that they can smell, things that they can touch. Um, Legos, as you mentioned, are, are a really good. Play-Doh, um, writing, opportunities for painting or drawing and coloring. This also gives them an opportunity to express some of the feelings that you might not be aware of otherwise. Uh, some other things to think about doing with them, obviously reading books uh, and, and then talking about those books and continuing some activities around those books. Um, thinking about um, their attention span. So be sure to kind of take their lead when you're doing activities with them because it's really interesting with young children. You, you see many times, you know, their attention for a group activity is maybe five to 10 minutes and gets a little bit older for your four-year-olds. Um, but other times we had a saying that I use that they have the attention span of a gnat, which is very, very short. Um, and so take their lead. And if you see that their interest is not there, let's move on to something else with them. And if you see that they are engaged, allow them to play for as long as they're engaged in that activity. Yes, that's such good advice. Take their lead for sure. I love that. Well, and I was talking with Connie and Robin offline about my, my almost four-year-old son, James, and gosh, how we're trying to do anything from Legos to hopping on the, on the carpet at home just to try to keep him engaged and active in this time. So I'm so grateful, grateful for those tips. Okay, so for us to be able to sum it up quickly, Connie, what would you say that your, your top tips are? So my top tip is to try to relax, stay calm, give yourself grace as well as your children and um, enjoy each other and learn about each other more than you, you have in the past and just have fun as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's so good. All right. So Dr. Ridgely, I know a lot of my friends who are parents and are attempting to homeschool to a certain extent at this time and are just on the edge of their seat to hear your advice. Um, so could you please just tell our audience who are also juggling work and, and teaching in their homes right now? Sure. So I've, I think a lot about school age children. I have two at home and I, I worry about um, what we're trying to do as families and that we are trying to to work and help them continue to learn. And it's just a lot. Um, so one of the things that I think would be really important for families to, to think about is to try to develop a routine with their, their school age children as well. Um, they will want to sleep in, they will want to, to do things that maybe they would normally do on a weekend during the week. Um, but I think it's important for us to try to develop some strong routines where there is, this, if you are thinking about schoolwork and trying to to continue to keep them engaged with school activities, setting aside a time time of day to do that. The whole day does not have to be about school. I don't think anyone would enjoy that nor expect that um, from parents at home, but certainly setting aside some time for them to focus on the things that their teachers are sharing with them, to, to do some high quality reading that their teachers may be sending to them, and then moving on to the other things of the day. Um, it is important to recognize that you are parents and that is your role and you don't have to take on the role of teacher in the, in the same way that their classroom teachers do. And so giving yourself a break, I think is important and, and developing those routines so that 
um, you are focusing some on school, but you're also recognizing that you are at home and that everyone's juggling different responsibilities and uh, providing that opportunity for your children to engage in other activities as well as they normally would at home. Mm, such, such good advice. Thank you for that. Would you give us another tip? What else do you think is important? I think oftentimes as parents, we worry that the things that we do with our children um, are not as helpful as they really are. So really think about what you can do with your school-aged child that's fun, but that's also includes lots of learning. Uh, playing board games, playing card games, reading books, thinking about books that maybe your child can't read independently, but that's just a really good story and you can read it aloud to them and have conversations about it and think about the content together. Um, really thinking about all the things that are enjoyable for us to do together as families um, and incorporating those during your day and acknowledging that they matter, that, that they do help children develop communication skills. They do help with math sometimes. They do help with their reading comprehension or, or all sorts of things. And so acknowledging those and engaging the, in those activities with your children and um, feeling okay about doing that. It is those tasks, those things that we do that are fun are not waste of time. They are important and they're meaningful. And to, to give, give opportunities to do that each day if you can. Well, yeah, I love that. I do. Um, thank you so much for that tip. All right. What else do you have for our multitasking parents? This one relates to the last one, but I do think it's so important. And I've noticed this in our neighborhood that families seem to be getting outside more. And I would just encourage your family, any family that's listening to do that. Um, think taking advantage of this time where we can't be around other people, but we can be with our family. So go on bike rides, uh, take walks around the neighborhood, go hiking on trails in our parks and, and making the most of those opportunities. They are great um, exercise opportunities, but they also give that chance to just explore nature and to notice things that maybe we haven't noticed before. So I would encourage families to do that. And I would encourage them to think about all the things that they might be able to do in their yard. We're gardeners. So this time of year, we're often um, digging in the dirt in our backyard and getting ready for our summer planting. Um, so that's a good opportunity to engage your children in that those types of tasks outdoors. So just thinking creatively and being open to getting your kids involved, even if they say no, encourage them to participate in that and lure them in because once they get involved, they might actually like it. Um, and it can be so, so helpful, not only to the body, but to the mind and the spirit. So I encourage families to do that. Such good advice. I know in my neighborhood, the the song in the book, Going on a Bear Hunt, um, has been so popular in my household and, and folks have been putting stuffed animal bears in their windows. And so we've probably been on, I don't know, 175 bear hunts since we've been home this month. Um, but those are important. You know, that that kind of helps us learn even in a natural environment, which is what I love that you said. Um, okay, Dr. Ridgely, is there anything else that we need to know? The last thing that I, I think is really important is as a busy um, parent, I often do not include my children in those mundane tasks of, of the day, whether it's getting dinner ready or doing laundry 
or whatever it may be. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for all of us to reevaluate how we do those things. I shouldn't be working harder because um, I still have to work and take care of everything else. I think it's a great opportunity for our children to get more involved in those tasks. They learn so much by cooking and by, by learning how to do things that, that they're gonna have to do as a grown up. And so think, thinking about how you can do that so that it's enjoyable for folks, so that it's not more work for yourself, but that it really is helpful. It helps everyone feel like they're contributing to the greater good of the family. The other thing related to that is I know in my family, we all have different interests. Um, I like to read. My husband plays the guitar sometimes. My son loves video games. My daughter likes talking with her friends, trying to think about how we can explore uh, the interest of each other. Uh, during this time can be important. Um, really trying to involve each other in, in all those things that we enjoy doing that need to be done, um, but finding meaningful ways for our kids to be a part of that. I love that. Well, I have certainly learned a lot more about Star Wars than I ever intended um, through this time. So <laughs> I definitely like that idea of taking interest in what your kid's interested in and, and, and playing along with that. So thank you so much for those tips. Okay, so in summary, because I know, again, we have a lot of multitasking parents listening. Um, Dr. Ridgely, your practical tips are as follows. Develop a routine uh, that includes schoolwork, but, doesn't dom but schoolwork doesn't dominate at all. Uh, keep focused on the things that we enjoy doing with our children, playing games, reading books, uh, and, and know the value of those. Involve your children in the, the mundane tasks that, that you have to do, but then also explore your common interest and learn about each other's interests. Mm, I love that. Such good advice for those school-aged children. Thank you so much for that. Well, I hope that you all are understanding a bit more about what we can do with our children at home um, and, and learning through these ways, but also breathing and giving ourselves lots of grace that we are we are simultaneously doing many roles. Um, so there's lots of grace that needs to be involved in that. I invite you all to stay in touch with us online through our social media platforms by phone and of course email. Um, all of my information is on the website and as well as in the resources portion of this podcast. I'd love to hear from you and hear how these tips helped. Um, I'd like to thank our guests here, Dr. Robin Ridgely and Connie Kasha. Um, again, this is Trisha Murphy and you've been listening to the Classroom in Your Living Room podcast. <laughs>